Welcome to the Customer Service Gold Dust Podcast. This is the UK's only podcast where customer experience professionals share their journey, insights, challenges, and current focus in an ever-changing customer service landscape. My name is Gavin Scott, and I invite you to join us as we delve into another great conversation. Whether you want to increase customer satisfaction or decrease customer complaints, there's sure to be plenty of gold dust that will help you to stand out. Hello and welcome to the Customer Service Gold Dust Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Scott. Today's guest was recently featured in a report of customer success managers to watch in 2022. And after looking at his LinkedIn profile, he describes himself as an occasional pop star, selfie taker, LFC supporter, horse racing and WE fan, future winner of MasterChef, amateur restaurant stroke, hotel critic and part time blogger. Certainly plenty of bits of gold there's for us to discuss there. So let's give a warm welcome to Ryan Noakes. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Gavin. Hi, listeners. Thanks so much for having me on today. Listen, you're more than welcome. And, uh, you know, thanks for agreeing to come onto the podcast. It's uh, it's great to have guests like yourselves, because if you think about that introduction there, you've certainly got lots of interesting stuff that you can share with us today, Ryan, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing about my bio on LinkedIn and on my CV. It's different because even though we are professionals, people by people and it's good to understand who the person is behind the role and so listen let's just spend a bit of time on that because i'm sure there's many people who you know want to improve their profile on linkedin it sounds like your advice is to make sure that you have a little bit of you as you being you on there and uh, so tell us some more about that ryan yeah, 100% agree. I mean, I've not had it for that long. I've had it for 18 months, two years, but I've got a lot of connections, a lot of people follow me. I've got a really strong number of recommendations. And that's because I've put myself out there. I've connected with people. I've asked them to, to give me their recommendations and build up that profile. But one of the things that I see so many times underutilizing what LinkedIn has and not using all of the features on a profile So I've actually put some content together for my YouTube that I'm going to be recording. and I'm helping out a few people that connected with me to to do a one-on-one session with them. But one of the things that I've noticed to touch on what you said, Gavin, over the last maybe six months, there's this big trend at the moment about LinkedIn not just being a professional platform. And I think people need to show a little bit of their personality. There's this fear that you just have to talk about the industry that you're in or just talk about the role that you're in, but sharing your life, sharing news or opinions, or I don't know, putting polls out there, or just a human element, okay, is really key. It's key to customer success, but it's key to any role. And as I said there, people buy people, and you will find a lot of your connections, colleagues, prospects, customers that you may deal with, will actually have a more of an engagement. I get much more engagement and comments and interactions on posts that are not necessarily strictly professional. And, and I'm sure there's many people out there, and you mentioned the word fear, and, and some people are quite fearful about 
putting themselves out there and, and sharing things in terms of, you know, what they're doing in their personal life. And so what would your advice be for those people who are a little bit hesitant about sharing not just the business stuff on LinkedIn? What would you say to those types of people then, Ryan? There's two things you can do. Personal development is key. So I've done this over the last couple of years. I've learned a lot more about LinkedIn, public speaking, professional speaking, speaking to camera. I mean, I used to deliver face-to-face training in, in part of the previous role. So I, I had a bit of experience kind of being on stage, but learning how to deliver content, storytelling, for example, which in customer success is really valuable, actually, to be able to tell a story and get your customers to engage with you. So personal development, if it's something that you want to stand out in, in your industry, and you want to be kind of a leader, somebody that's going to be followed, put some time in to, to do that personal development. But I guess the other bit is, and, and as cliche as it sounds, don't be afraid to kind of open up. It's a really good community, LinkedIn. People will help you. People will reach out. People will comment and advise. But it's not a nasty place. There are, of course, dark areas of every social media platform, but don't be afraid because actually that vulnerability and people will see that, okay? People will uh, understand that this isn't something that you necessarily do often, but you're trying. And I think, and I've said this all throughout my life, people love a trial, okay? And especially when it comes to, to customer success, but anything it gives you that human side again. We're not robots, okay? We're not just content generators that just post the standard two paragraphs of something that we found on a blog. We're real people that can talk about stuff that's happening outside of it. And you will find that things that happen in your daily life will be brought back to professional job roles. If you're job searching, it's a great way to to make yourself stand out, especially if you're looking for work, because that's the window into your personality is what you put out there. So yeah, don't be afraid, but definitely invest in yourself by learning how to do it well. Love it. Some great advice there. And some of the key things that I'm taking away from that a short insight that you shared there is put some time in to do some personal development and get better at speaking, storytelling, things like that, and put yourself out there. Be brave, be vulnerable. People like that. And like you say, you know, God loves a trier. And so people are going to be on your side if, if you take that sort of approach, right? Absolutely, yeah. And and I think time will tell. You, you'll get more comfortable and, and you'll do it. And, and actually, I think LinkedIn is a fantastic platform for any profession especially for customer success as well. It completely changed the way that I do customer success because it means that I can engage with customers after a kickoff. I'll send a connection request. I will look into their history, their background, so I get to know them. They get to know me. They can see kind of the stuff that I put out there. And actually, a lot of my engagement that I get from my posts are from current and former customers because we're all in that same kind of industry and stuff. But I think it actually increases your profile, not just as a person, but actually as the job role that you're in as well. So it's definitely worth doing it well. Yeah, some great advice there. And so, 
Yeah, we mentioned at the start of the session, and you've mentioned this a few times, this piece around customer success. And so you were recently featured in reports of customer success managers to watch in 2022. Now, before we get stuck in and find out a bit more about what that involves exactly, I'm keen to find out more about you. So tell me some more about your background, Ryan. You know, what were some of the early jobs that you had and, uh, you know, what got to where you are today? It's funny you ask that, actually, because last year I was lucky enough to talk at a college. I, I know somebody through a, a former life of mine. I, I used to have a website. You, you did my introduction about being a part-time blogger. I used to run a bit of a website that didn't continue financially. It wasn't uh, viable, but still it was great experience. And I met a lot of people in digital marketing and facilitating and stuff like that. And I, I got to speak at a college last year about transferable skills in the workplace and how being a waiter, for example, which is which was my first job, or being a chef like I was in Australia, or being any of these roles actually have some really core skills that you can take forward for your later career. So so I didn't start in customer success. Okay, that's the first thing. I did the usual that we always do. I, I kind of started in hospitality. So I'm from Colchester in Essex originally but I moved up to Whitby in North Yorkshire, which is a little seaside uh, fishing town. So it's very hospitality-driven, cafes, restaurants, fish and chips, that sort of stuff. So they were my first jobs. But being customer-facing was the key bit. Everything I did had that customer element, and you make it what you need to do. Now, at an early age, I was lucky enough to get a job actually in an office. I was 18. It was a care company, domiciliary. So, so we used to go out and see the service users in their home. And I used to do quite a lot. I used to be integral for the payroll. I used to do the rotors. And I used to also deal with both the carers and the service users. So again, you've got kind of elements of project management. You've got elements of project delivery in that that you don't even realize that you've got. Then we go throughout my career and, and it, it kind of takes a th- few different paths. And about six years ago is when I guess my, my core career started. And I worked for a food, fire and health and safety consultancy company in Manchester. And my job role that I got employed to do was compliance records advisor. So we served the hospitality industry, so restaurants, bars, hotels. And my role was to build their compliance records. So the things that they do, their kind of fridge temps, the cooking temperatures, delivery records, that sort of stuff. Now, I'm not environmentally health qualified at all. But the reason I got employed was because I can talk to customers and I can understand what their requirements are, what their need is, what their deadlines are. And that part of it, I did for about two years. We then had a CX specialist come and join the business. And that's where I started kind of learning a lot about the world of, of customer experience and customer success. I learned Kanban, Agile, Scrum. We did lots of different stuff in that role that I was in. So when a customer success position internally came up, I took a step back. And, and again, this is what I kind of would, would advise anybody that's wanting to get into customer success. You don't realize actually that you might already be doing a lot of it. It's something that I always wanted to do when that position was open, but I took a step back. I looked at the job description. I looked at my core skills and I thought, do you know what? 
I do a lot of that now. Just because I'm delivering a different output, I have meetings with customers. I send reports to them. We have printers that we deal with, so you have to have stakeholder management. I have deadlines, projects, all that sort of stuff in that role. So I was lucky enough, obviously, to get that position based on my history and my background. And that was also working under that same CX specialist. And that's when I started kind of properly, I guess, customer success. We were onboarding specialists at that point. So we were the the first people that our new customers saw. So that came with a whole new set of skills that I've not actually had a role like that previously, but obviously that was a a good some strings to my bow. So learning how to create customer journeys, weekly status reports, deadline management and stuff like that in terms of onboarding. And then we did face-to-face training as well. So I used to travel the country and I used to deliver kind of five-hour sessions in, in front of about 15 delegates. And again, that's a whole different kind of skill set in itself. I left that. I then moved to a customer success manager role, the one that I had previous to where I am now. And that had a lot of different elements because that was very commercially driven because we were actually responsible for the renewals. Now, obviously, customer success has a massive part to play in renewals. We're very influential in customers' decision to renew. But traditionally, a customer success manager wouldn't necessarily handle that, whereas at this role, we did. So again, you've got all those kind of skills on negotiation and the background wasn't one that I came from. But I kind of picked that up and, and I managed to, to bring the elements of, of what I've done previously into that. And then I found myself where I am now. So I work for SAI 360 and I work for an environmental health, safety and sustainability application, working with customers in the US and Amir. I've got a portfolio of just under 40, which is actually a, a stark contrast to the one I had before. I was looking after 397 customers at one point in my last role, which was slightly too much. So it's quite comfortable. And this role was a great point of my career because it was a brand new role. We do have other customer success managers, but for the other product lines. And this was a chance where they just brought me in to do what I need to do. I can learn the products. That's not a problem. I can learn the customers, but it was my background in customer success. So I guess I've been doing it for four years, but I've been doing a a wide range of what customer success covers, which I think is one of the reasons why a lot of people now are coming to me on LinkedIn and asking me for my advice and, and how would I go about different situations? Because I've actually had a lot of different situations come up in a very short space of time. So I mean, when I'm listening to all this information shared, I'm thinking, wow, how old is this guy? And when I see your face before the podcast starts, you look a very young man to me, Ryan. So forgive me, but how old are you exactly? Yeah, so I will be 30 in about six weeks. So still in your 20s then. And, you know, so much that you've done. So what I've heard is uh, you've been a chef, been a waiter, you know, worked for a a company, a a food, fire, health and safety company where you were doing compliance records, you know, 
you've gone from Colchester to Whitby, you've done Kanban, Agile, Scrum, started some work with a, with a CX specialist where you started to develop that passion for the customer experience. And now you work with SAI 360 and you've got 40, 40 clients, you know, a portfolio of 40 clients. That's just giving, that's me just giving a, a quick 15 second review yeah. of all the key things that you've shared right there. But, but I'm keen to find out more about customer success, right? So you know, in the context of what you do, and I know many people are coming to you and asking for advice now, which is great, but what is customer success? A lot of people ask this, and there's actually uh, a lot of confusion between what account management is, what customer support is, and customer success. And not to be confused with the three, account management is very much the commercial relationship that that person owns, okay, the renewal, the upsell, and and the commercial elements of that. Customer support, of course, is incident handling, bug fixes. Customer success, for me, is understanding a business's goals and helping them achieve them, but also another part of it, and a really easy way to sum it up, is to help that customer adopt and utilize more of what that application is. And I think one of the quick one-liners that I use whenever I do a kickoff meeting, I always say to my customers, think of me as your champion within SAI 360 to help you get the most out of what you've purchased, be it the application or the service. And that's what I'm here to do. We are here to listen to that feedback to be an escalation assistance, resource alignment, but ultimately give them advice, be a trusted advisor, come at it from a point of of knowledge and make sure that they are using that product or service to the absolute most that they could possibly use it. Okay, so you you spend time understanding what their goals are, helping them to achieve them, and ultimately helping them to get the the most out of the product that they've purchased that they've bought into, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of it is training and understanding. But for me, customer success is that core bit that a lot of businesses don't tend to see the value because it's not necessarily targeted in the same way, because it's not necessarily directly generating increased revenue, although it actually does in in the long run because happy customers tend to buy more. And as a lot of people know, it's a lot easier to get money out of an existing customer than it is to go and chase some new businesses to bring be brought into the business. So that kind of element, a lot of people forget but for me, it's making sure they're, they're utilizing it and it's doing that project or, or that work with them. If they're at a certain place, you want to get them to a much better understanding. You want to make sure they are enabled enough that they can use it, that they have that kind of understanding so that the requests start decreasing, so that the confusion is less. And ultimately... There's always scope for more adoption and utilization. And it's understanding what the other people are doing in that sector. And it's about working with that customer so that it's tailored to them. And so if you think about this, then, 
if you do provide this great advice to your portfolio of clients and you help them get, get the best use out of the product that they bought into, what's going to be the knock-on effect in terms of the experience they then provide their external customers? Does it have a knock-on effect? Or I'm sure it does, but tell me some more about that. Yeah, I think it does, Gavin, because when a business feels that they aren't enabled enough to be able to utilize a product, they aren't confident enough then to generate a new business, to be able to go out and, and pitch that product, or to be able to onboard new customers or, or new employees. So I think there is a knock-on effect. And I think the experience that a customer gets when they're allocated to a customer success manager is much greatly improved than if there wasn't because what they do is they feel, which is a really key word, they feel valued, they feel listened to, and they feel that they've actually got a seat at the table. And that's something that I say to everybody that I work with. I always say to them that you're in the middle, okay? All of these departments within the business feed into you but ultimately, you now can feed back to them. So you can actually influence different situations. I mean, for example, in my last role, I was working with a customer around product development. We were having one of our regular health checks and we were talking and they just mentioned that the application only has male and female as gender options. And that in the world that we live in now, there are plenty of other platforms that offer other options for people that don't just identify by male or female and that we need to be slightly more inclusive because, and this is where the knock-on effect is, because they don't actually want to introduce new users to this application because they're worried that these new users may be offended or might not be able to actually complete that new user information. Now, I fed that back to the product team. The product team listened. They understood the, the demand and the need. And we, I mean, at that point in that role, we were doing monthly releases, but we actually managed within two weeks to get that particular feature reviewed, approved and onto the next release because it was clearly something that, that we needed to do. So customers do have a direct uh, link back to the business. And if there's an issue that needs raising, they now have a champion within the business to be the voice of the customer. And overall, that means they feel a lot more valued, which to me, if I'm going to invest money in a business and people are taking the time out to actually listen to what I need to say, I mean, that's gold dust. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, it's certainly when it comes to the customer experience, like you say, it makes them feel valued. It makes them feel listened to. It makes them feel as though they've got a seat at the table and you can absolutely respond and react or certainly respond in the right way to some of their requirements and deliver some of the outcomes that they're looking for. So listen, I'm keen to find out more about, you know, the fact that you were recently featured in a report of customer success managers to watch. How did that come about, Ryan? First of all, I'm absolutely delighted that I've been featured in that report. But it's a funny story, really, because I actually had absolutely no idea. I make it a mission to sign up to as many webinars and blogs and podcasts as I possibly can, because as I went kind of through earlier, personal development is really key to me. So as long as I've been in customer success, I've attended workshops and I've got 
ebooks and guides and stuff like that to, to kind of learn. And if I hit a, a tricky point with my role, I don't know, let's say I'm about to do a kickoff for the first time or a QBR, or I've got a customer that's not responding to me, I will actively go and research ways to improve that situation. So the people who, who put the report together was just one of those many resources that I'm, that I'm part of. I connected with a few people. I follow them. And I think because my LinkedIn presence is relatively visible, I think, because of the content that I share. And active. You're active yes. on there. Absolutely. And I think because I keep up the, the activity and I share some really good insights, clearly what happened is that the people who put the report together has noticed that over the last six to 12 months. And about mid-November, I just got a message on LinkedIn to say that I've been shortlisted as one of the CSMs to watch out and that they will obviously let me know. So that was delightful. And then about start of December, they announced that I was that, that I kind of made the cut. And when I realized, I didn't quite understand the level of people that would be featured. I imagined they would be people such as myself, but that report that's been sent out has got people in there that are vice presidents of customer success, chief customer officers, people that are head of global customer success for some really big influential businesses in the customer success kind of world and people that I've been following on LinkedIn for advice and and for information and insights. So to be featured as part of that is absolutely fantastic considering I've only been doing it for, for a short number of years. And I don't know, I didn't see any voting. So I don't know if there was voting, but I certainly didn't see it. And I didn't share any information about being shortlisted. So this was a decision that I think they made and, and that makes it even more kind of special. It's great. I mean, and to have this label of one to watch, it reminds me of many years ago when I used to go into Blockbuster. Do you remember Blockbuster? Yes. And it used to have those little stickers saying one to watch. And I thought, right, we need to get that one. It's going to be good. But so, so to have that label as one to watch in 2022, you know, that's got to make you feel good. And it certainly sounds like you're very proud and you're in good company in terms of the, the other people that are also on that list. Absolutely. I mean, going back to the other people on the list, they've been doing this for 10, 15 years and they are genuinely influencers. So they are kind of consistently ones to watch. But yeah, you're right. It is kind of a, a nice accolade to have. And I think in my introduction, you mentioned that I like horse racing, which I do, and they do it every year as well. They do jockeys and trainers, rising stars, as they call them. Uh, jockeys and trainers to watch out for, which I always like because it might mean that I can win a bit of extra money. But uh, in terms of customer success, it's great because I think as I'm collaborating with people, it strengthens the fact that I do know what I'm talking about, which is a nice thing. And we've recently brought somebody new into the business that I work with. They have brought somebody in very close and this is their first role in customer success. And I've actually been lucky enough to be partnered with them as a buddy. So they, they started this week and I was chosen. It was actually my idea. And we sort of had a conversation and I nominated myself to be a buddy to help them not only onboard smoothly and welcome them into the business, but also to kind of hold their hand for the first couple of weeks into customer success. So being recognized as one to watch, I think is definitely something that is going to help potentially open a few doors and make things a lot better in terms of the content 
that I put out there. No, absolutely. And if I think about my experience with you, you know, you certainly put yourself out there when we connected and you asked me for some feedback on some of these videos yep. that you put together, which I did. And we had a conversation around the podcast. And, and, and hey, listen, you're on the customer service girl, those podcasts. Uh, maybe I've not got a, a label of one to watch just yet, but hopefully, you know, that might be something that happens in the future. Hey, Ryan. This is it. And then, and I think just to touch upon that again, you're right. That's how I've been doing things for years. Just asking people, putting yourself out there. I mean, it's like if you look at my LinkedIn and, and you see my recommendations, I've got some really good recommendations from former colleagues and former customers. And a lot of people ask me, even very senior people don't have that many. And a lot of people ask me how I get them. Because I assume that I'm God's gift and that people just naturally want to praise me. But it's because you ask. It's because you are in a situation where, let's say, a customer or, or you leave a business and you connect with a former customer or you've had a really good email from a customer or you've just had an NPS score and they've specifically mentioned you or a, a, a case study and they've mentioned you. I reach out and say, it's been fantastic working with you. I'm building up my profile or kind of whatever line you want to use. And you ask them. And it's like, yeah, with you, Gavin, you're a, a great guy to follow. I've been really listening to a lot of your content and you've helped me over the last kind of six to 12 months with your Thursday threes, which I really like because they are very quick, insightful tips that I take on. And I thought this is a guy that I want the opinion of. And I wanted to start making content. I was really early, early stages. And I knew that the way that you put stuff together is really professional. And you've got a great manner and a great way that you put yourself out there. And you get nothing without asking. No, it's, it's a lesson for us all. So anyone out there that wants to, you know, improve their LinkedIn profile, then just think about those moments where you do a decent piece of work for a client or a colleague, ask them for an endorsement, ask them for a recommendation. You know, it, if you don't ask, you don't get. And, and what's also important and thinking about, you know, what you shared just then and comments that you've mentioned before as well, give great content, put great content content out there you know i'm a firm believer of give and you shall receive and it certainly sounds like that's an approach that's worked for you and it's, it's definitely worked for me so uh, yeah good advice there on on things like linkedin so let's bring this to a head then shall we ryan so you know when it comes to creating exceptional customer experiences what are your top tips of you or your bits of gold dust that you want to share with the listeners i'll leave you with this one thought okay and this is my top tip this is the one thing I think you as a CSM need to do the most. And that's understand your customers at a really deep level. And I mean both the primary contact and the business. Now, it's difficult, of course, if your portfolio is larger and you kind of have to spread yourself out a bit thin. As I said, at one point, I was looking after nearly 400 people, which was difficult to, to do, but you still make time. But I, for example, when, whenever I meet a new customer, I follow their newsletter from their website. So I get their news articles into my inbox. I follow them on LinkedIn, of course, as the business and not just the contact. So I can actually see what they're doing, that they're developing a new site, that they're bringing on a new chief executive officer, that they've just been featured in the Forbes 500, whatever. Okay. 
And if you understand that customer as a business at a really deep level, it means that you as a CSM can advise them from a much better place than just a standard comparison to other customers. You can actually understand their vision and you can understand where they're going. But the other thing as well is understand the person you're dealing with, okay, at a really deep level. Try and get to know them as you would a friend and make those conversations personable, as we've said before. So, for example, if you're on a kickoff meeting with a new customer and you're kind of having a chat and they mention that they've got their daughter's graduation coming up and you end the call, you set your actions, you set your next steps, on your next meeting, on your health check that's four weeks later, ask them how that graduation went and acknowledge something because, of course, that's active listening, which is key. I think whenever you're dealing with things, you need to listen really hard and you need to actually take on board what people say. But yeah, my nugget of wisdom would be understand your customer at a really deep level so that everything you do can be as tailored to them as possible. A great piece of wisdom that you shared there as well. So understand your customers at a deeper level. And you're right. You know, in my book, you know, Finding Gold Dust, I talk about the fact that there's gold dust in every conversation. And what I mean by that is that people share personal information. And the more you go looking for it, the more you will find. And what's important is that you make a mental note of that stuff. You keep hold of it because you can use it later on. And like you say, if you check in with them afterwards, they'll think, wow, he remembered. I like him. And that might result in you either doing business or them staying loyal or them spending more money with you, whatever that might be. You know, so absolutely demonstrate that interest, find that gold dust, and that will absolutely help you to make and create, you know, exceptional customer experiences. So, Ryan, how can our listeners get in touch with you? What's the best way to, I'm guessing LinkedIn is going to be a key place, right? Absolutely. Yeah. LinkedIn is probably the best. And that's where I post most of my customer success content and a little bit about my other stuff that I do on the side. So so find me on there, connect with me. I'm always happy to chat. If you're new into the industry and you want to expand your knowledge and expand your network, I'm always there. Drop me a line. And there's a few groups that I'm part of. I'm a co-admin of a group as well. So if you connect with me, make sure we're connections. I'll invite you to some of these groups and we can kind of spread the love and spread the knowledge. Great. So I'll make sure that I put the link for Ryan's profile on the show notes, but certainly get connected uh, with Ryan Noakes and he will certainly help you to you know, further increase your network and uh, hook you up with some key people. So listen, Ryan, it's been great to speak to you. You know, I didn't talk about LFC because I'm an Evertonian myself, <laughs> but I do... I do value good quality football and I respect uh, some of the stuff that Liverpool are doing right now. But listen, you know, I'm also into my horse racing. My granddad used to own uh, horses. And uh, so I'd certainly say to you, it's been a winning episode for for me this time. uh, And good luck and hope you're back some winners at the weekend. It's been great to have you. Take care. And uh, one final question next year, or is it this year? We've got the, is it the Queen's Platinum or is it the Queen's Diamond? Forgive me. I, I just listened to this on the radio. They were looking for some chefs. Maybe that's something you should have a look at and see if you can get nominated and be one of the chefs for the for the forthcoming events that are coming up. I think it's in June. It, it might be the diamond. It might be something else. Forgive me. I'm not, not key on the numbers. Do you know yourself? 
I don't. I think it might be the the diamond. But look, you will see me about in different places. So no doubt, I may be. I may be on the shortlist to do that. I've done plenty of things over the last thirteen years since I've been working. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me if I pop up <laughs> during those celebrations. Love it. It'll be great to see you. Listen, Ryan, thanks for your time. Look after yourself. Uh, Take care and I shall see you very soon. Thank you so much, Gavin. Thank you, listeners. It's been a pleasure. Great stuff. You're more than welcome. Thank you for listening to the Customer Service Gold Dust podcast. I'm sure that there are plenty of ideas you can take away and apply to your business today. Three things to do now. Subscribe to the podcast so that you can benefit from every episode. I'd also love to see a little review as well. This helps to spread the word and the gold dust, of course. Head over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Finding Gold Dust, How to Create Exceptional Customer Experiences. The book is endorsed by a former executive vice president of Walt Disney Resorts. And finally, visit my website at www.gavinscott.com. Me and sign up for some more free content. Until next time, stay memorable.